0: Everybody, I'm Gary Eversoll.
1: Richard Kipling here,
0: and I'm Randy Schultz. Welcome to Camp Codger, a podcast for people in their golden years. Join us to hear rocking chair wisdom from three old guys. Richard and I are on our own this week since Randy is on assignment in San Diego. Today, Richard is going to lead us on an exploration of seniors heading back to school. Before we jump into that discussion, we have a few words from our loyal listeners. Jean wrote us about our episode with Larry Barsh, another Codger podcaster. She said, I really enjoyed listening to you guys and your guest today, Larry Barsh. There's something warm and peaceful about listening to your mature voices, something respectable about each one of your demeanor. Discussions of learning new things and taking on new challenges motivates me. I'm also a person that needs to be busy. I always feel the need to accomplish. It's rewarding. Thanks for giving your time to the podcast. Thanks, Gene. At least somebody says I have a respectable demeanor. And Jack adds another must listen to our Movies for Seniors episode. He writes Lucky from 2017 with Harry Dean Stanton playing a man in his declining years. No great late life feats, just grateful acceptance. Good catch, Jack. It's on my watch list. <laughs> 97% on the tomato meter is an excellent sign. Finally, Roger enjoyed our interview with Tony Gattoni on lifelong gardening, writing, Great episode! Richard was terrific on Harry Belafonte, and the gardening tips were most welcome. Thanks for the feedback, folks. We really like hearing from you, so keep those emails and comments coming in. Richard, let's chat about seniors going back to school.
1: Thank you, Gary. Many of my friends have a passion for classical music. I did not grow up with it. I have not been drawn to it. But I decided it was time to learn something about it. No longer would I be the musical dummy in the room. So last month, at the grand old age of 78, I took the leap. I started a -a once-a-week class on concertos at a local music conservatory. And after three classes, I'm convinced going back to school to learn something new is an exciting thing to do. It won't be the last class I take. I'm not the only senior to feel the urge to learn new things or refresh things learned long ago. More than a third of the college student population today is 25 or older, and colleges across the country are recognizing the older student trend. Some of the nation's top public universities offer free or reduced tuition to seniors. The University of Virginia, University of Wisconsin, Penn State, the State University of New York, and the California State University System, the nation's largest, are among several dozen major universities that recognize seniors' urge to learn. Speaking of urges, I know that Gary has educational yearnings too. Gary, tell us about some of them.
0: I'm not certain I'd call them educational yearnings. That gives them a lot more credence than just the fact that basically I get curious about something. That's what drives me. There's always a trigger out there somewhere. For instance, I recently was talking to somebody, and I wish I could remember who it was. I'm embarrassed. Another Codger moment. (laughs) And she was talking about going back to a community college to learn welding. And the Mm. primary reason was to mix with her ceramics in a mixed media art form. Mm. I'm thinking, that's really cool. I've always wanted to learn welding, and that would be a great (laughs) excuse. The whole concept of mixing ceramics and steel in an art form is really fascinating. The other things that trigger me sometimes about wanting to learn new things is reading a book. I read Song of the Cell by Siddhartha Mukherjee. That just fascinated me. It was a great book because the premise was the cell is everything when it comes to living things. Everything is based on cells. And he weaves a really nice tale, but it's not so hugely educational. So I'm thinking, okay, I'd like to learn cell biology. I just want to learn more about how cells work. Kind of the last thing that was really interesting me over the last few years is music. Bee sings, as you know. Yes. She plays guitar. A lot of our friends play guitar or perform. You kind of want to be part of that. Yes. You want to be able to play along. I do want to learn to play the ukulele. In a weird moment, I bought an ukulele.
1: And how's that going? (laughs) Not well at
0: all. That's another story. But I also want to know about music theory. Yes. I just want to know how music works, why it works. So music theory and learning to play the ukulele, those interest me.
1: Well, I'll tell you, this uh, music class that I'm in, uh, the concerto class, there are so many things that I don't know, it's uh, embarrassing. And that's why I'm in the class is to get less embarrassed in those other situations. But the other people in the class, and incidentally, all of them are seniors. The other people are very knowledgeable about it. They've li- heard every symphony that the teacher refers to. I've heard virtually none of them. No, at this age, uh, embarrassment is not a major issue. It's uh, learning. That's
0: an important point is we're not
1: afraid to fail any longer. That's right. That's right. And there's no cost to failing, at least in a classroom situation. Yeah, exactly. We're not going to get fired. We're not going to not get our degree. Let's talk about other ways that we can uh, go back to school as seniors. There are senior centers, which I have to confess, I have not poked my head in the door of the senior centers near me. There are in both Pasadena and in Santa Fe, there are senior centers within easy walking distance of my home. Mm -hmm. And I've also heard great things about those centers and I have yet to go. That's on my list too, is get to the senior centers and see what they have to offer and who goes there. Who who are the people that end up there?
0: It's an interesting question. Why don't we go? We know about them. Mm. I know about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked up a brochure for one when I was at the local municipal gym last week. And you're thinking, okay, I've,
1: I've heard about them. I know about them. Why do you think we don't go? It's a good question. Well, I mean, one reason I haven't gone in past years, it's so clearly labeled senior center. And part exactly. of me, I don't want to be a senior yet, you
0: know, even though I am. <laughs> well, it's like what we talked about with Tony Gatoni last week. She, she was saying, when oh, she goes yeah. out into the garden, she thinks she's 45. Exactly. And when you say senior center, <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, I'm 45. I, I got 20 years before I have to exactly go to a senior right. center. Yeah. It's very silly because once you get in there, you realize, oh, yeah, th- these are my
1: peeps. <laughs> well, I actually want to find out if they are my peeps. I mean, my, uh, our peeps are a fairly self-selected group. All of us have our own peeps. Will those people be my peeps? I don't know. I've been neglectful of finding out, and that's, that's got to change. Not only senior centers, another place that I don't go to often enough is libraries. Mm-hmm. Libraries do a lot of things beyond just loaning out books. And by the way, they loan out books electronically now, too. I've done that. Same here. And it's really handy. Somebody recommends a book to you and it's not a new book. It's a 15-year-old novel or something. You don't want to go to the bookstore and get it, but you take it out on loan. They often have those. They often offer group classes too and activities at library. The other place that is a a great resource for learning is community colleges. And they're uh, inexpensive or even free. My neighbor across the street, Shirley, is taking a bridge class at the local college, Pasadena City College. Just says she's loving it. I didn't ask her what the average age of the people in that class were. I wouldn't be surprised if many of them were seniors. And then, of course, there's the online world. The online universe offers opportunity to take courses even from Harvard or even from Yale, taught by some of the world's top teaching talent. And you don't have to leave your living room to do it. Now, I'm going to toss this back to you, Gary. Have you ever taken an online course or been tempted to or a course from your local college?
0: So in answer to your question, online course, yes. A course, from your local college, one. Hmm. Yeah, I do online all the time. The real question for me is how do I satisfy my curiosity? I want to learn something. There's a project I want to do. Most of my projects are driven by the interest in learning something new. In the end, the outcome of the project is nice to have. It's interesting. But the learning process is more important to me. I'm an autodidact by nature, a self-learner, right? For years, my method of choice was reading. You want to learn something new? You buy a book. Want to build a house? Buy a book on how to build a house. And I did a lot of that for years, is you'd read about it. And that's the classical way. Today, my choices are either online or community college. I tried a community college course one time on Italian, right? We mm. just got back from Italy. We were thinking, <laughs> oh, great, let's go again. We really loved it. Got back, signed up for the course, got started, had a couple of sessions. An Italian woman who was a flight attendant, I think, for American Airlines. Suddenly, American changed her schedule. Poof, our instructor disappeared. <laughs> So I'm thinking, well, that kind of (laughs) sucks. Yeah, That was my last community college. But in terms of online learning, there's a huge capability out there. And it ranges from people who write a blog and how to do things. Just simple reading, kind of the classical style. You could do structured tutorials. I've done a ton of those when I've been teaching myself new things, particularly about software. They have lesson plans, they have examples, you will ultimately end up with some sort of completed project at the end. Sometimes they're paid. I've paid for courses. Sometimes Hmm. they're free. And how do you find them? Google. You Google tutorial on and you get tons of them. You need to be very discerning. You need to learn, is this a good course? Is this a bad course? You need to be able to look at a course, listen to an episode and find out whether it's going to work or not. But that to me is just amazing. There's video classes on YouTube Yes, and there's just YouTube how-to videos. I love the Mm how-to videos on YouTube. Some of them are absolute crap. They're just not worth your time. And you got to filter through the crap. Typically, there's a pony in there somewhere. And if you keep looking at YouTube videos, if you have a simple task like changing a battery in a device, you lost the instructions on how to open it up. I mean, little things, how to do this. Don't bother Googling, go straight to YouTube uh, because uh. YouTube search is as good as Google search and its focus is on YouTube. And you say, how do I do this? Mm, and that's I mean, a great tip. Tons of stuff. I don't do things anymore without Googling YouTube and how to do mm. it. I may end up wasting 15, 20 minutes listening to bad ones, but sometimes you get some amazingly good ones, and these people are out there doing it for nothing. (laughs) Yeah, they get a little bit of ad revenue, a cup of coffee here and there, but they'll put hours putting together a little YouTube video. I'm really impressed about community learning, I guess, is the way to look at Mm. it. The last thing we didn't talk about was these MOOCs, Massively Open Online Courses. And I've tried one or two, it's typically a classroom there's Coursera does classes yep edX is Harvard and MIT they do classes and it's typically a lecture style and these are free most of them are free if you want
1: credit you have to pay oh but for learning just learning free and again that is MOOC massive
0: open online course yeah Yeah. Anyway, have you taken any online
1: courses? The only online courses I've taken have been human resources training courses. Taking them on management skills, on sexual harassment. With Zoom, I have done online teaching. It's not the same as an in, in-classroom experience, but it was for what the times were, the pandemic. It was pretty damn good. The other thing that goes along with all your MOOC talk are the TED talks are great uh, information. Right. For various exactly. uh, That's kinds a good of learning.
0: Point. I forgot about TED Talks.
1: I, I had two until just now. Okay, so we've talked about all the online possibilities and they are en- endless. Why go back to school in the first place? Just to keep up with my musical friends? There are a lot of other reasons to continue to learn in a school like environment. A study in 2020 found that older adults learning new skills developed cognitive abilities that were at levels of adults three decades younger. Research has also shown that participation in learning new arts and crafts activities by seniors reduces the risk of mild cognitive impairment. So there you go. The school-like environment has a lot of other benefits as well. It prevents us from growing old, at least mentally, and it keeps us in the game in terms of relating to today's fast-paced world. Researchers assure us that attending a class is good for our health, particularly our social health. Loneliness and isolation are huge risk factors for senior wellness. Going back to school can introduce you not only to new learning, but to new friends of all ages who have similar educational interests. So, Gary, you've talked about some of the things you would do if you went back to school. Toss us another two or three that would interest you in going back to the classroom.
0: I'll have to say I'm probably not really interested in going back to school because my college experience just never excited me. That was 55 years ago. I'll have to say I didn't find it enjoyable. From my point of view, it was a pathway to work. And that's all it was. I wasn't driven by curiosity back then. I just wanted to get out of school and go to work. I Mm. love to work. Mm. Still do. In hindsight, I look at it and say, what a wasted opportunity. You know, it was a University of Washington. It's a great school. I was paying $115 a quarter for tuition. I misheard that. How much? uh, $115 per quarter. $345 a year. Unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. But but I also recognized in 2020 hindsight that here's an opportunity. You can go to school for practically nothing, and I wasted it. I could have been more curious. I could have been... Okay, this is really interesting. Let's take another course in this segment. I didn't do it. Mm. I kind of regret it. I had other reasons. I was independent. I was living on my own. I had to work because there was nobody providing room and board or anything. So I had no choice. Working was the way I had to survive. And so in a sense, I just wanted to get out. School was getting through
1: it. Exactly. Was getting
0: through it. Today, for me, about curiosity I'm still impatient with the classroom form of teaching hmm. because the pace tends to be set by the slower learners. One of the reasons I haven't taken many MOOC courses is because they're paced for an, a traditional classroom style. I do miss, in a sense,
1: the idea of the social aspect of it. I can remember classes slowing down to make sure that other people got what they were saying. and But- You found out in those classes who it was that had a kind of similar temperament and a similar learning process, and you could see them after class and go to the student center and talk with them there about the class or about anything else. You could meet people.
0: Maybe for you. For me, it was basically, oh, man, it's 3 o'clock. I got to punch into my job at 3.30. There was also, particularly in undergraduate work at the University of Washington in the 60s, much more lecture-style classes. You'd have either the large lecture hall of 400 students taking Econ 101, right. Or when you get into your junior senior years, you might have classes that are 20, 30, 40, but you really didn't you have seminar sessions. You didn't have a real
1: discussion and dialogue. The first class I had when I transferred out to UC Santa Barbara was a big lecture hall. It was the biggest hall on campus. 900 uh, intro to history students. <laughs> And I'm sitting there, you know, just off the boat from Kansas, and in walks this young woman in a bikini, her hair still wet from surfing, parks her surfboard up against the wall, sits next to me, pulls a pencil about two inches long out of her bikini, and a little tiny notebook, equally large. I was hooked. It was a great educational experience. I knew I wasn't in Kansas anymore.
0: So as seniors, how do we make that work in a role where we drop into a class where there's younger students there?
1: Not all of them who are as interested in the topic as we might be. That's a fantastic question. And I don't have any answer for it, except you try. We're each going to stick out like a sore thumb in a class of 30 or 40. 95% of the people in that class are under 25, certainly. And we're three times their age. Yeah. Difficult. Very difficult. And at community college, where there are a lot of kids that are like what you described your undergraduate experience was like, they're skating through a class or going to a class and looking at the clock to see when they have to be to work. Right. Well, community colleges have a lot of working students. Exactly. So you're not going to meet people there that you can strike up a friendship with, chat for an hour after class. They, are, they have things to do.
0: So, here's a recommendation. If you are interested in a particular topic, find a friend to enroll with you.
1: Oh, there's an idea. So, at
0: least you have somebody of your age group and somebody who will share your interest in what it's about. Right. You might be able to go out and have a coffee with them afterwards, and it makes it more interesting. Okay. Doing it as a solo exercise, I think, could be kind of difficult, if, unless you're really a good social person. It yeah, it could be intimidating.
1: Yeah. For a lot of us, it would
0: be feeling intimidated.
1: That is a great tip. So don't try to do all these things alone. Try to find someone else. And certainly among our crowd, for example, there are people who would be interested in a number of things in common. All right. Well, so we've got a list of things that people can do and it goes from universities that offer low or no tuition and, and senior centers, libraries, you name it. They're all there for us to take advantage of. I would love, for example, to take some courses like you in music, some other courses in music. Some other things are on my uh, bucket list, and I would call it not a bucket list, but a learning list. You can create your own learning list, as our fellow codger, Randy, who couldn't be with us today, likes to say, get off the couch.
0: We hope you have enjoyed our conversation about lifelong learning for seniors as we head back to school. If you had any learning experiences yourself recently, attended a course in a classroom setting, or taken an online course, send an email to campcodger at gmail.com and tell us about it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week when we take a stroll down memory lane as we look back at music from the 70s. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to Camp Codger in your favorite podcast app, or sign up on our website. As always, we would love to hear from you. Drop us an email at campcodger at gmail.com, post a comment at www.campcodger.com, or leave a voicemail at 505-216-6171.